Hi, I'm Sakita Holly. I am an award-winning publicist and entrepreneur obsessed with transforming brands, and I am dedicated to sharing everything that I've learned along the way to help you win at work, in business, and everywhere in between. On this podcast, you will have direct, unfiltered access to your favorite creatives, entrepreneurs, and executives, and the methods that have made both them and myself successful. This is the Sakita Method. To live tweet this episode, use the hashtag the Sakita Method and be sure to tag me at Miss Success, that's M I S S Success, on both Instagram and Twitter. Are you surviving or thriving? Recently, I tweeted, had a moment today when I realized that I'm still operating in survival mode, even though I no longer have to. It's holding me back. The message of being in survival mode or staying in survival mode resonated with a lot of people and it has been on my mind ever since. I am currently in a space where I am slowly working through many different phases of self-awareness and healing and just continuing to grow and evolve. One area that has been surfacing a lot lately is this notion of surviving versus thriving and always feeling like something bad is going to happen, like the rug is always going to get pulled out from under me. That mindset can lead to a mental paralysis that prevents me from doing things that I need to be doing, prevents me from enjoying the fruits of my labor, etc., right? This mindset of always being in survival mode and being on edge that something bad can happen manifests itself in many different ways. I've been trying to think about the root of it for myself. So growing up, I would say that I always had champagne tastes and desires that weren't within my reach because I grew up poor. And these desires weren't always material. It was about wanting a better life for myself. Through reading, like I was and I still am an avid reader, I would get to experience different worlds, different luxuries, different levels of access that I could only dream of through books. And through documentary shows or even something as simple as watching HGTV and looking at these homes. And I was just like, wow, people get to live like this. It was all so fascinating to me. And I think because my early childhood was so difficult and there was a lot of uncertainty that that's part of the reason why I'm even so driven, right? The other is safety. My work ethic is rooted in in that, in safety. I realized recently that I work hard because I want to feel safe. When you grow up in an environment with a lot of uncertainty and a lack of resources, you develop this desire to never want to experience any of those things once it's within your control, right? And then now it's like, okay, let me think of this idea of control or being controlling 
because I think that that is also, at least for me, I would love to, you know, hear from, from you about your experience, but at least for me, this idea of control, I think, is also rooted in a desire for safety and certainty. And how hard you work is one of the few things that is truly within our control, right? Of course, we have no control over the outcome, but you can influence it based on what you put in, based on the work that you put in. And I think a lot of us can probably relate to that because we're busting our asses because we never want to go back. We never want to experience the things we've gone through that cause pain, you know, again. We never want to experience certain feelings again. So if you think about a time when someone may have called you controlling or said you want everything to be your way or a time when you may have said that to someone else, it's like no one ever really takes a moment to think about why that is. But the idea of like needing to control things, I think, is rooted in survival. It's a survival mode thing. It's a reflex, right? The reality is that no one, or I should say few people, actually want to be in control of everything. It's super stressful. (laughs) Like, it's so stressful. But when you have this desire for safety and certainty and you're always operating in survival mode being able to dictate or control how something happens is your way of being able to excel because you at least know that whatever it is is going to be okay because you handled it right and when you operate like this Putting that control into someone else's hands can feel daunting, no matter how bad you actually want to relinquish control. But it's not always easy to do that because everyone doesn't have the same needs or even the same standard for things, right? Some people feel safe in almost any scenario because they were never made to feel unsafe. And I'm so jealous, right? I'm so jealous. There are some people that just be out here living, no, not a care in the world. But that's because they've never really experienced uncertainty or a lack of resources, or they were never made to feel unsafe in a way that they noticed or in a way that had a lasting impact on them. So they may look at me or they may look at you as if, you're overreacting about things or that you're too controlling or that you're too uptight. And what's interesting is that in thinking about it, right, and in talking about it out loud here with you, I don't know, at least for me, I don't know what the fix is other than to just be radically honest about communicating my needs and where I'm coming from so that when I am in these situations and my survival mode light comes on, I can get the support I need to work through the moment, right? It's a work in progress for me, but that, you know, as I'm just thinking about this concept of surviving versus thriving, these are the things that have come up for me. And I want to talk about survival mode and how that manifests in my business, 
the business aspect is actually where my mind was when I tweeted that I was still in survival mode when I didn't need to be. So I've been in business now for nearly 11 years, and I feel like it's been the last few years when things have really hit a bit of a stride. However, the memory of the early years and how difficult it was, you know, whether it was a little, just how little there was revenue or how little resources there were remains. But over the last few years, I've been in a position to expand my team for which I am deeply grateful because for years I was doing the work of a small army. Even when I was able to hire additional team members and contract assistants, it still felt like we were doing a very heavy lift based on client needs and demands, right? And last year, when the pandemic hit, my business took a huge hit and there was a period of panic because if you're in the marketing and PR space, you know that our budgets are usually the ones that get cut first whenever there's a crisis. Corporations and businesses often feel like they can sacrifice that part of their operations or at least pause this part of their operations. And obviously, even a pause can have an impact on my business's bottom line. And last year, it absolutely did. Without a doubt, like, woo, <laughs> without a doubt. But fast forward to today, business has rebounded and we're back in demand. Thank God <laughs> for that. Um, but a few minutes, a few months ago, rather, one of our team members transitioned out of the company and around the same time I hired two new people. But I know that I need to hire a couple more people to fill in some gaps that we have. However, I had a moment of fear and paralysis that I'm still working through because I thought about last year, right? And I thought about years before. And I thought about the reality of clients not renewing contracts or just any catastrophe that could potentially happen. But the reality is that anything can happen at any moment, good or bad, but that can't stop me from doing the things that I know I absolutely need to do that would benefit my business, my existing team, and ultimately myself. Just because I can handle a lot on my plate doesn't mean that I should continue to operate like that anymore. And it's also not how I want to operate. Like, I've done that. Like, I have done the 18-hour days. Like, I have done the all-nighters. I have done it. I have done it. I have done it. <laughs> I have done it all. I have done whatever it takes, right? And I, I did it because I had to do it. Survival mode, right? But I want to I get to the place where I'm thriving and I don't have to operate that way anymore. It also doesn't mean that just because I can handle a lot that I should operate like that, but it also doesn't mean that my team should have to operate that way. The goal for me is to scale, not to get to a particular size, but to scale in a strategic way so that I have a team in place that can meet the needs and demands of our growing client roster and so that I can continue to remove myself from working within the business to working on it. So how should I 
navigate my survival mode light being on in this way, right? That's kind of where I've been or, or where my head has been, you know, as I was thinking about coming to have this conversation is that I just have to first, I, I need to be aware of it. And then I need to take a leap of faith and make the next best business move that the current moment requires, which is to continue to expand. I have to remind myself that it's okay to be realistic and consider the possibilities of what could go wrong. But it's also important to live in the current reality that none of those things have happened and nothing is currently wrong. I know that someone is listening to this right now and you're in the same or at least a similar business or work situation and you're hesitating. This is a message for both of us to leap. In order to get to the next level, we have to take these many leaps of faith over and over and over again. And we also have to remember that we've gotten through every single obstacle in our lives so far, right? And there's no evidence that says that we won't get through or over the next one. So we got to take a deep breath and leap, right? And give ourselves some credit, like... We, we've gotten this far. We have gotten this far. It's okay to breathe. It is okay to, to do that. Um, but that is how this <clears throat> survival mode thing manifests itself in my business. Um, another area that I've been exploring um, that I realize and know that I'm in survival mode in is as it manifests when it comes to material things. If you remember episode um, 43, the Stop Playing Small episode, you may remember the stories that I was telling myself at the time about getting used to flying first class and not needing to make excuses about that or buying something expensive and not needing to make excuses about that either. Let me just say though, (laughs) that first class issue is no longer an issue for the kid. If there is a first class seat available on a flight, I want it, I need it, give it to me. It has my name on it. That is one thing that has always been true for me, even before like I could afford to do it the way that I want is that I will pay extra for comfort and convenience, right? I don't got an issue when it comes to first class anymore. I don't got to make no excuses. That's where I belong. (laughs) Recently, like I flew to LA. It was my first work trip since the pandemic hit and the longest flight that I was going to take since going to Ghana in December 2019. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to fly to LA and from New York, that's like a six hour flight. I have to be comfortable because on the flight out, I'm leaving at the crack of dawn and then I was going to be taking a red eye to get back. So I flew Delta One for the first time and woo, (laughs) ooh, let me tell you something. Ain't no going back, y'all. Like if I'm on a long haul flight, Delta One me, please. 
Like, I can't do nothing regular. The beds? Come on. The beds? Delta, listen, Delta One, shout out to Delta anyway, because that is my preferred airline for all my travel. If I am traveling on a plane, if I can be on Delta, that is the only option for me if I can help it. But I say all of that to say, like, I have cured my survival mode issues as it relates to traveling first class. I am cured. I don't care. I don't got to make no excuses. I don't be in my head about it, baby. (laughs) Okay. And just to bring people up to speed who may not have heard like that Stop Playing Small episode, I basically had a moment a few years ago when I was self-conscious, when I was in first class and someone that I knew that was flying on the same flight and I thought that I would make an excuse to downplay me being in first class. Like, oh yeah, I just used my points, you know, had they asked me. Luckily, I have been delivered, I have been cured of my survival mode issues as it relates to flying first class. If I am on a flight, and if I can help it or afford it, I will be in first class, period. It's where I belong. (laughs) And, you know, that's another thing. It's like, speaking of belonging, one, hold on, before I even think of think about that or get to that I just want to give myself a shout out for curing a survival mode like issue that was really like a mental thing for me for a minute um which as I'm talking about it I just realized like you can overcome this right so there is hope for us we can overcome these um hang-ups that we have we can overcome these reflexes that we have that keep us small, that keep us playing small, that keep us safe um, or relatively safe. Um, But that safety comes with the consequence of maybe not accomplishing what we want to accomplish or being able to like fully live our lives, not in some fear that something's going to go wrong. So shout out to me, you know, curing one of my things. But back to belonging, right? When we're talking about how survival mode manifests itself for material things, for me, even though I've cured my first class thing, and I also, I've never had an issue really um, when it comes to like hotels or traveling or or paying extra for a nicer um, accommodation. That's going to be me. I'm the girl. I'm not going to slum it. Not interested. However... Even though I have no problem with butler service in first class and all of those things, I do still struggle a bit with this idea that I belong everywhere. Because for one, that hasn't always been the reality for black women in America, let alone one like me who grew up poor. So the few times that I have made expensive material purchases, I have been actively putting this theory into practice by not just buying it online, but going into the store and taking up space there, mainly because it's something that I know I still need to get comfortable with. And I recently had one of these moments and I went into a store to purchase something that that I had been eyeing for a while, but had constantly talked myself out of getting, hello, another survival mode reflex. So I go into the store 
And I remember thinking to myself, you belong here. You belong here. You belong wherever you choose to go. And the guy who helped me check out was super gracious. And he taught me another lesson on the spot that reminded me of the healing that I still need to do around being in survival mode and belonging, right? So I guess he could sense my inner feelings and nerves. And he said kindly, he said, there's no rush here. We can take our time. We can take all the time that we need. Like, I knew what I wanted. I told him what I wanted. He pulled out the options, and I was going through the motions. Like, okay, yes, this this one won't work. This one will work. And I was moving kind of fast, right? I even had my credit card out to signal that I belong and that I am here to pay for this. Don't worry. I'm going to pay for it, you know? But again, That's a reflex to how we know we can sometimes be treated in places where other people aren't used to seeing us. But it wasn't necessary because I did belong, right? And I do belong. I belong wherever I choose to go. You belong wherever you choose to go. And in one moment, he reminded me of that. Another lesson in that moment for me was that luxury is slow. Luxury is about ease. Luxury is about one-to-one service and care. And I'm probably going to do another episode just about that at some point. But in that moment, I was able to exhale, right? And I was able to release all of these thoughts and feelings that were clouding my head. In that moment, when he told me, like, there's no rush. We can take our time. We can take all the time that we need. I was able to turn that mental survival mode light off. And I'm sharing these very intimate thoughts and experiences with you, you know, as I'm sharing them and as I'm saying it out loud, like the question that keeps coming up for me is, how can I permanently get out of survival mode and really start thriving in the present and thriving in the life that I've worked so hard to build and cultivate. You know, I've worked really fucking hard. I've worked hard to get to a place where I can experience safety and certainty and comfort and convenience and love and luxury and ease and relaxation and success and all of these things that come with that. I've worked really hard to get here, but it doesn't always feel like it because sometimes I can't snap out of survival mode. I can't snap out of that feeling of scarcity, that feeling of lack, that feeling of something bad is right around the corner, that feeling of the other shoe is about to drop on me. Luckily, (laughs) I, I have a therapist, you know, so I'm going to continue to work through these things in that environment. But on my own, it's just about continuing to be so self aware, like, 
picking things apart just to try and understand myself better and recognizing when my survival mode switches on and recognizing that the things that I'm worried about haven't happened, likely won't happen. And then also just recognizing when in that I need to continue to take these many leaps of faith, right? It's this idea or the thing that people say like, God wouldn't bring us this far to only bring us this far. But we got to do our part to get to that next level and really thrive in every era of our lives. What is the point of going so hard if we're not going to be able to enjoy it? You know, and I think even if you're super goal oriented like me, even if we haven't accomplished all of our goals, we can still thrive right where we are. And I think I want to leave it there because that's the main takeaway for me is that nothing has to, nothing else has to happen for me to start thriving right now. Nothing else needs to happen. I don't need to do another thing for me to enjoy the current moment. And that is what I am uh, working toward and working on. Yeah, so this is a pretty uh, personal episode, but you know, we cool like that. So I felt like I could share these things with you. I would love to hear from you. Like, was there anything that resonated? Um, Are you going through something similar where you're trying to keep your survival mode switch off? You can tweet me or send me a message on Instagram at Miss Success. That's M-I-S-S Success or The Sakita Method. And if you're talking about this episode online, please use the hashtag The Sakita Method because I really want to see and hear your thoughts.